You're listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast, the place for the kick-ass woman who needs a kick in the ass. Your host, Jen Rosenbaum, is giving you the tools to shed shame and live the biggest life possible. So kick off your heels, get comfy, and get ready to be the boss of your life. Hey, hey guys, I'm Jen, and I welcome you to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. Today, I'm really excited to share this interview with you. I interviewed my friend and colleague, Jana Roller. She's an amazing inspiration for anybody that wants to get into shape, for anybody that wants to love themselves, and for anybody who wants to tell the haters to go F off. So I hope you enjoy the interview. Hey guys, today I have a woman on the show who is extremely inspirational, who I've learned uh, to get to know over the past few years, and I was a guest on her podcast also. So I welcome to the show, Jana. Hi, Jana. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to join you today. Thank you. I was so honored to be on your podcast. So uh, I'm so glad that I could return the favor and spread your message to all of my listeners because they can use a message like this. So tell us a little bit about you, um, how we know each other and your story. Oh my goodness. That's that's a huge question. I know, right? Well, see you in a half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I first met you and found you through um, the photography community because I'm also um, a boudoir photographer. And so I first found you and like found your group. And I think I actually found you through um, Creative Live maybe. I don't know what it was, but it was something. It's been so long. And I've just been kind of like hooked, like girl fanning over you like <laughs> since I found you. So I didn't like, pay her to say that you guys know I'm teasing. I thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Shameless plug. Right. <laughs> um, I found you and then I just really resonated with your, with your message and empowerment and with boudoir photography. So, and you started teaching at WPPI and I went, um, a couple years in a row and went to one of your, um, not the master class. What was it? Platform, platform class. Yeah. And seeing you speak in person. So that was just super, super amazing. So yes, I'm a little bit of a fangirl and being on your podcast is actually like, like gold checklist. <laughs> <laughs> well, likewise. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I've been doing boudoir photography for the last nine years. Um, I started in like 2009 So I was like a super, super newbie when I first found you. And I was like, just like little baby photographer, like not knowing anything and making horrible, terrible mistakes that all of us do when we first start. And I just started with it. And at the time I kind of just shot everything. I shot weddings, I shot babies and, and it wasn't like probably until like three years ago that I became like strictly a boudoir empowerment photographer because it, it aligned with my message and who I was. And, um, so yeah, I, I have some past experiences in my life that I had went through that kind of led me to being a boudoir photographer and it brought me a lot of connections with women and stuff like that, that went through a lot of the same things that I went through, um, my traumatic or traumatic experiences and things like that as a child. And so I started working with a lot of women who were looking to find, um, empowerment and confidence in their bodies. And a lot of them are coming in and saying like, this is just for me and and things like that. So as I found that I was working with all these women that, um, 
I needed to work on myself, like, cause I have always dealt with being really, really overweight. Um, I had a binge eating disorder for many, many years that, um, is, was relation to the stuff that I went through as a kid. And, um, I mean, we might as well just like get into it. People are going to, you know, know what's going on. So, um, when I was a child and stuff like that, I went through a period of time where I was like molested by a family member and I was raped as a young woman in high school. And so a lot of everything that I have to do with is around body image and my body and my self-confidence and self-worth. So just becoming a boudoir photographer, um, really, really expanded that. And then I found that I was, you know, preaching all these things to, um, the women that I was shooting about self-love and body and taking care of yourself. And yet I wasn't doing it. So I embarked on a journey to, um, quit my binge eating, get my weight down, get healthy and be there for my family. And so it was just this whole big, um, thing that just kept compounding on top of each other. And eventually I just had to step into those shoes and walk the walk and, Um, so since then I have also become a coach, so I'm a certified personal trainer alongside being a photographer. And now I offer coaching packages and, um, coaching services that, that I've melded both my businesses together. So I call myself, um, an empowerment coach and I've actually switched how I talk about photography. I don't call it photography anymore. I call it body acceptance therapy. So um, I work with clients through getting their health back, finding empowerment, confidence, and also giving them some bomb ass pictures to remember the whole thing by. So yeah, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. <laughs> Sorry, so, I, ran, I like went on a huge thing. No, it, it was amazing. <laughs> and I want to tell you, I have not only chills, but tears. <laughs> so I just want to, um, I just really want to acknowledge you for sharing that. Um, because I know it's difficult and I'm sorry. I feel, I'm very emotional today. <laughs> I'm very sorry. And I'm sure I'm not going to be the only one that hears that and feels that way. So um, I just want to kind of put that out there. But um, I just want to thank you for sharing that because I know it's not easy. And um, I'm sorry that that happened to you because you're an amazing woman. Um, and at the same time, I don't know if this is insensitive to say, but I'm going to say it and you can tell me if I'm being an insensitive asshole because I'll take it. <laughs> But in the same token, as I, I talk a lot about struggle and success, is there any part of you, oh, this is going to say, I don't want it to sound insensitive, but is there it. any no. part of you that's grateful for the experience to get you from, from there to where you are today? Um, yes. Like, I, I mean, I wouldn't say like, I would never Maybe grateful is the wrong word. I think that it's like, um, I wouldn't ever wish those experiences on anybody ever, um, especially because I dealt with a lot of anger and self-hate. And um, it took me a very, very long time to forgive myself for what had happened because I carried all of that guilt and it was my fault. And, you know, I felt like I was damaged and I was just like put on this earth to be a punching bag and, you know, I took on a lot of things from other people that had nothing to do with me. However, if those experiences didn't happen, I wouldn't be where I am and who I am and helping who I, I'm being led to help by, you know, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it. So I feel like I was put here on this earth to go through what I went through in order to help others heal. So in a way that I look at it also is that if it didn't happen to me, it would happen to someone else who is maybe not as strong headed as I am. 
And so going through all of that, um, as I, I kind of just mentioned in, um, one of my blog posts, I think a couple days ago that I am the lighthouse for those who are still trying to find their way through the dark. So I'm just, I'm just trying to be that beacon of light and I am grateful for my struggle. Um, I do believe that, but I would never wish anybody to go through what I went through. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah, totally. So I totally get what you mean. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm, I was scared. I was going to insult. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's, you know, it's, I'm learning through this process when you talk to women that go through such sensitive things in their life, it's, it's, and you, and you don't go through it. Like I've learned through cancer, right? Like people say the dumbest things to me sometimes. And I have to remind myself, they don't know it's okay. They're trying, they're coming from a place of love. So I hope you know that that came from a place of love, not as a, you know, okay. Oh yeah, totally. (laughs) So I want to ask you about that, that moment that you had that shift, right? Like the moment that you went from, okay, I've had these experiences and I'm carrying them around with me and I'm not being good to myself too. It's time for me to stand up for myself and take my life back. What did that change look like? Was it a moment? Was it a period of time? Was it something that instigated it? Yeah, absolutely. I've always, I've always tried to fight my whole entire life. Like I'm, I'm a fighter. Like I'm a scrapper. I used to be a a competitive kickboxer. I played rugby. So it's just in me to just fight for things. And I've always kind of battled with it my whole life. Like I would always go through these periods of like, I need to take care of myself. But at the same time, they were very like warped views of how I was taking care of myself because I'd beat myself up for being overweight. So then I would try and lose weight and, um, I'd go through cycles of binge eating and restricting, but as I got older and I started to really feel it when I started shooting women and I was seeing a lot of women that had a lot of experiences just by coincidence. And we would end up talking during our sessions and I'm like, my gosh, like I'm not the only person, like this is more common. So I'm like, what can I do about this for myself? And the actual um, catalyst to my change was I was at the park with my son and he decided just to take off from me. And at that time I was extremely overweight and I couldn't catch up to him. And he ran out the park gate and almost got hit by a car. He wasn't hurt. He like the car came within inches of him. But then I thought, my God, like this was my wake up call from the universe saying, you need to get your shit together. You need to take care of yourself so that you can take care of the people around you and be who you need to be. So get your shit together and start doing it. So that was, that was the catalyst right there. And it just switched, like a, a switch went off and I was just like, I have to do this. I can't try anymore. I have to. So I don't believe in coincidences, by the way. Okay. <laughs> it's like one of my things. Like I'm always like, when something happens, I'm like, what a coincidence. I'm like, you know what? There are no coincidences. It's so, you know, and things like make sense when you, when you look at them backwards sometimes. So I love that you had that pivotal moment and you took action and you stuck with it. And it sounds awesome, right? And most listeners are going to go, oh yeah, okay, that's great. I'm going to have my pivotal moment. But I think a lot of us have had pivotal moments and yet still didn't stick to it. So what's your advice to people that have a hard time sticking to it? Um, Well, my firm belief is, is that throughout our whole lives, we are given chances to create change. Um, We are given all these pivotal moments. And like you said, some people um, are just not aware of them because they are not present. They're just existing. They're not living. They're not being present with themselves. They're not in touch with 
their existence just yet. They have things going on. Maybe they're dealing with pain. Maybe they are going through things themselves that are keeping them distracted from being open to these moments that the universe is providing for us. So I think the biggest um, biggest thing is just start becoming really self-aware and just start with self-care right away. And that means just being present with yourself, checking in with yourself, um, really living in moments of gratitude, just even just stopping on the street sometimes and just taking a deep breath in and just being like, I am so grateful for all of this. Because then what that does is that's grounding us to our lives and to our existence. And then when we become more grounded, we are more, um, I hate to sound like millennial and say like woke, (laughs) but we are more awake to ourselves and we can, we're open to receive those messages. And that's really where it starts is just being aware and present and honest with yourself. Like I know it sounds really stupid to like journal and I was never a big fan of journaling for a, a really long time, but taking the time, just like five minutes in your morning and in your evening before you go to bed, just to write down, like, what are you grateful for? And what did you notice throughout the day? Because then you're going to be more um, sensitive to everything that goes on around you. And then you can really be um, ready to like receive those moments when the universe is like, okay, let's do this. But then I also believe that if somebody isn't paying attention and they miss these pivotal moments, these moments that the universe is going to be sending you are going to be louder and louder and louder. And sometimes they have to be so dire and so severe and so extreme that it just shakes our whole being. And I'm just glad that that day that I was at the park with my son, that he didn't get hit by that car and that that was my pivotal moment to go, okay, I hear you. I got you. Cause I did have plenty of those moments leading up to that with my health with things that were going on in my family, things going on between me and my husband that I just didn't pay attention to. And that was it. Like when it came to your, like your baby almost being crushed by a car because of, of the way that you've been mistreating yourself, you're just like, okay, I get, I surrender. I hear you. Yeah, that's amazing. So you, you talk about, you mentioned time, like taking the time for yourself. Let's talk about time and time management. You're a mom, you're a wife, you're a business owner, you're you know on this body journey to, to transform your body, which requires, I'm assuming, meal prep and gym time. Um, so where do you find the time? Because that's, I think, isn't that, that's like the number one excuse I think people say, well, I don't have the time. Yeah. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. And really it comes down to just um, planning. Like there's that saying that says, uh, fail to plan, um, plan to fail. So that's a huge, I always repeat that to myself, like every couple of days, because I am not naturally someone who is organized or, um, has that scheduling. I'm very, I'm like half a type A and half a type B and it's a real struggle. Sometimes I call myself type J, <laughs> type Jan. I'm just, I guess. Can I adopt that? Cause I'm like that too. My name starts with a J. Can I be type yeah, J club? <laughs> so like club. That too. You know, I think that, I think that I'm going to interrupt you for one second. I think it's like partially being an entrepreneur. Like our schedules are just not the same all the time, especially when you're in a service-based industry where you can have like one client a week or you can have five clients a week. It's like every week is a different week. So I hear you on that. It's just, that is a real struggle. It is a struggle. And so it is just pre-planning. It's just, 
Um, I mean, it took me almost a whole year, like, cause I had, uh, I had a really successful studio for three years and then I gave that up, which was, that was hard in itself. That's a whole other story. Um, and it, learning how to fit like the fitness, the health, everything into my life, plus family time, plus time for me, plus, you know, time for my clients and whatever other shit life throws at you. Um, was really difficult, but I had to actually sit down and force myself to write a schedule and be very, very, um, strict with myself because if I give myself an inch, I will take like 500 miles. (laughs) Mm. So not, so I had to be very, very careful. And now today what I do is I sit down and I plan out like a month in advance. So I'm always creating my content a month in advance. I am planning out exactly when I'm traveling. And then I work my, um, most important thing on a daily basis is I, I plan my workout first and then I plan everything else around that because I know that being, uh, going and working out clears my head. It makes me more, um, grounded and that I'm going to have a better day overall. So I use that as almost a business tool. So I usually go first thing in the morning and I also teach classes at my gym. So (laughs) busy everywhere. Um, So I just plan everything out. I sit down with my calendar at the beginning of the month and then I sit down with my calendar every Sunday and I plan in on week by week, plan in my workouts. I meal prep the same days every week, which is Wednesdays and Sundays. And I prep for me, I prep for my family um, because my boys eat slightly differently than I do. And it's just come to harmony like after time. And it's really hard in the beginning, but you just kind of have to accept that it's going to be hard and it's going to take time because you're you're rewriting, um, you're rewriting your habits. So you get set in your ways for a while. And then all of a sudden you're, you're completely changing everything. It's t- it takes time and it takes forgiveness for yourself because you will mess up and, um, patience. Let's talk about messing up and forgiveness. <laughs> yes. That's a hard one. So a lot of people will mess up on a diet or skip a workout and then go, oh, well, I already messed up. So let me eat two more cookies or let me just skip tomorrow's workout too. I mean, we've all done it. I'm I'm admitting that I've done it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. How do you stop yourself from going down that slippery slope? And and here's the... All right. I'll ask the second part after. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, everybody's different, but... It's like that saying, it's like you get one flat, are you going to slash all four tires because you got one flat? Yeah. It's just like all these like Pinterest quotes just stick with you. Um, (laughs) You just, you just got, you just have to remind yourself of like, it comes back to being present and asking yourself, why did you feel the need? Like, cause of a lot of us are trying to distract ourselves. Food is like the biggest distraction Um, because a lot of people don't even realize that they have like emotional eating issues until they're aware. And so a lot of times we get home from the day and you guys can tell me if this sounds familiar. We get home from the day, we're tired, our kids are bitching, we're trying to like get whatever we need done at the end of the day and you're just like... F you, can this. Say it. you could say okay. it. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is my podcast. I'm going <laughs> to have some cookies at eight o'clock at night because as much as we love our kids, they have periods of being little shits <laughs> yeah. and our family and we've got all these things happening. So we're just trying to distract ourselves. It's like a form of relaxation. So you have to first ask yourself, like check in first, don't guilt yourself about it because everybody does it and guilting yourself honestly, is probably going to make you eat the rest of the cookies rather than, you know, stopping yourself and go, whoa, why am I doing this at this moment? Mm -hmm. Like what, 
how am I feeling? And just checking in with yourself. How am I feeling? Why am I stressed? Is this five seconds that it takes me to inhale this really going to help the situation? And there's always that question you have to ask yourself, if I do this, it's like if I eat this cookie or if I have this you know, box of pizza, is it going to set me back or is it going to put me towards my goals? So if health and fitness is your, your um, health goal at the moment, just asking yourself, does this help me or does this hinder me? And I actually got that from uh, Andy Frisella, who is the, uh, oh gosh, he has his own podcast, the MFCEO project, which is for entrepreneurs. And like, as soon as I heard that, like it clicked, I was like, yes, this is exactly it. So I have been saying that to myself every time I get craving outside of my plan, or if I'm emotionally eating, um, does this help? Does this hinder? And just being loving and forgiving yourself, like everybody screws up and making yourself feel guilty just doesn't help anything. So learn from the situation, like ask yourself why, and next time just be a little bit more aware. So for me, in my case, I put post-it notes out over absolutely everything. So there'll be like cookies in the cupboard and it will say, don't you dare. And I'm like, okay, like post-it notes on everything also help. That's amazing. I love that drink. (laughs) So my, the second part of my question was maybe through your fitness journey and through the work that you've done with women, I'm curious to what your take is, uh, if you have an opinion about it, why is it so much easier for women to let it go versus to take care when we take care of everybody else all the time? Why is it so hard for us to take care of ourselves? I think it's because women are natural givers, right? Like it's in our DNA to take care of everybody else around us. That's just, it's just who we are. And a lot of times, especially when we're mothers and even not mothers, like there's women's out there, women out there that are taking care of their own parents that are taking care of family members or friends. Um, we're just natural givers and we have this selflessness about us that we, we just want to be there for other people. And, um, it makes us feel loved when we are helping and loving other people. So um, it's also a form of self-love in a way, but at the same time, it can also be self-destructive because we're not taking the time for ourselves. Um, And it's really hard for women because we feel guilty when we put more time and effort into ourselves than those around us, because then we feel like we're failures. We feel like we are being selfish and it's, really we cannot help and and be there for all of our loved ones and people in our lives if we don't fill our cups up first because like let's just be honest women do a lot i'm sorry men out there listening to this but you don't have to deal with half the shit that us girls do yeah on a daily basis like we have like lists upon lists in our head and you know we get we go a little crazy because we have all these things floating around that we need to get done and we feel very, um, I feel like we just feel very guilty if we're, we're not taking care of everybody else first. We have a hard time finding that parts of ourselves. Yeah. So just even being aware of that when that arises for you, you know, and I, there, there's oftentimes that I'll say to myself, like, is this guilt real guilt or is it just fake guilt? You know, like we make up guilt. Sometimes like there's times I'll be like, I'm going to go out for a walk. Is that okay? Are you okay? I know you have the kids. Like nobody ever asked me if I'm okay when they want to go, <laughs> you know, like it's like, I'm going, okay, no problem. You know? Um, yeah. yeah. So it's almost like, I'm like, no, this is fake guilt. This isn't real guilt. Nobody's putting this on you except for yourself. That's, you know, let it go. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like those like fake conversations that we all make up in our head and we get angry about because they haven't even happened. Right. Yeah, it's like when it's like one of those things. It's like you are just having this conversation with yourself of like why you can't do something. And honestly, I think there's a little part of us that are, um, you know, I hate to always be one of those people to like bring it to society, but especially nowadays with the modern woman, you know, we weren't always raised with the thought of self-care is important. We were always, you know, women 20, 30 years ago were raised with a totally different values than the modern woman today. So you, you're going to find a little bit of that clash because there's, you know, um, the past generations are like, take care of your family, you stay home, you do this and that. And the modern woman's like, F that, I'm going to go work and make my own money and do my own shit. And I don't care what you say about it. And depending on the household you grow up, grew up in also depends on your um, stories that you tell yourself and those beliefs that you tell yourself. So I was growing up in a family. My parents were amazing, but my mom stayed home with us kids. She came from a very traditional family. My dad came from a traditional family. And then there's me who just like fucked everything up. <laughs> like, who's this chick? Like, I didn't want to be traditional. I didn't want to stay home and work or stay home and have a bazillion babies. I was very independent from a young age. And, um, I learned early on, like in my twenties, that self-care is important and it's okay to be a little bit selfish. Yeah. I love that. So can I put you on the spot a little bit? Can you tell us, um, how much weight you've lost? I have lost 140 pounds. Oh, it's amazing. To this day. And I'm working on losing more because I am planning on having a skin removal surgery this fall. Oh my God. Congratulations. That's super exciting. Or as we say in the Northeast, Mazel Tov. <laughs> Mazel tov. Uh, 140 pounds is insane. Like, I don't want to like, I don't want to just be like, oh yeah, I lost 140 pounds. Like that's insane. Like I want to lose seven and I can't. I, don't, I just, I like, you're blowing my mind. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that so much. That's insane. And so many good things have happened and you've gained notoriety. Tell us where you've been, where people might've seen you. Oh my goodness. Um, I've had a, a lot of like stuff happen, especially over the last year. So I was um, working towards doing a bodybuilding competition, which I competed in last May. So almost a, a year ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I did quite get down to like what they consider stage lean, but it was an amateur show. So I did it anyway. And because of my presence there and um, some stuff that happened afterwards, I um, posted a photo um, on Instagram and it went, or on Facebook and it went Mm -hmm. like viral. Yes. Which I followed and loved. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So basically what that was is just um, me talking about me being comfortable with my loose skin at that time because I worked hard to get there. And it was a huge accomplishment for me, for somebody who spent my whole life wearing sweaters and sweatpants and covering my body up to, you know, stepping on stage and being like half naked in the tiniest bikini and the whole process of being like tan, but naked and walking around a million other people, especially when you're standing next to others that um, did an amazing job on their physiques. And, you know, it was just a pivotal moment for me to stand up there and be like, this is what body positive is. It's like when you can do something that scares the shit out of you and you taking care of yourself and all that stuff. So, um, that started it. And since then I've just found my voice and said, I really want to be, um, 
I really want to be the beacon for people trying to make changes in their lives and finding that empowerment. So I've been on, um, recently was just on The Doctors TV show, <laughs> which was kind of cool. Um, it was really exciting to see that. So I was on The Doctors with my coach. Um, I'd been featured on a couple of news stations, um, was just recently featured in Shape Magazine and stuff like that. So I am just slowly, slowly trying to help change the world and body image and empowerment and take So modest. Thank so you. modest. I, th- I always think, I mean, listen, like, you know, I don't, I want to just say when the world starts standing up and listening, when you're not even really trying so hard, it means that you're resonating with people. It means that the world needs that message. Like the universe is saying to you, yes, please more. I, we need more of this. So I congratulate you for all of that because I think you are unbelievably inspirational, not just because you lost weight. Honestly, Jenna, if you didn't lose 140 pounds, you'd still be inspirational. But you know, being a person who makes a promise to herself and sticks to it and helps others is really, really admirable and um, something that I know I need more of in my life. So I appreciate you sharing that today a lot. Thank you. You're going to like make me cry. <laughs> I get so awkward when people like compliment me. It's like, I'm, I get weird. I'm like, <laughs> so thank you. I really no, you- appreciate that. That means a lot to me. And that's the main thing that I want is I just, I want to help. That's it. I just want to be a service and help people come out of that space of self-hate and that negativity and not living their lives, like just existing. Like I want to help people live. Amazing. So where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Jana underscore roller. You can also find me on Facebook at Jana Babe Fit as well as YouTube at Jana Babe Fit. And I have my very own podcast called With Ferocity Radio, which the lovely you, Jan, has been on. And we did an amazing episode together, which was fantastic. So yeah, those are my... That's where I live in the internet space. Awesome. And that will all also be in the show notes. So you guys can check that out. Jenna, again, thank you so much for being inspirational. I am going to hang up with you and go to the gym. <laughs> oh, <laughs> kick ass, kick ass. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes so that more women can learn to live a badass life. To learn more about this movement, go to shamelesslyfeminine.com and join our Shamelessly Feminine Facebook group. Until next time, go out there and be the boss of your life.